Welcome to this week's episode of Top of the Week. I'm your host, Grace Stevens, and I'm here with my co-host, Deborah Murray. After a two-week hiatus, this is a special episode focusing on our production of the second news magazine of the semester. In this episode, we will be talking to co-editor-in-chief Jake Moore, reporter B. Turner, and photo editor Tucker Covey. So let's hop into our first interview with co-editor-in-chief Jake Moore. This is the second magazine of the semester. So what do you think has improved from the first print edition to the second print edition? So this print is very, very heavy on visuals. We have a lot of very well shot portraits and all of these stories lend themselves very well to very nice and impactful photography. We also almost doubled the size. It's a very scary endeavor to switch from just a little 12 to 16 page newspaper every month to oh, we have like a 20-plus page magazine that needs to be held up to an even higher standard. So starting with 24 in August and moving up to 40 in October, it was a little scary trying to kind of get a grasp on a a magazine at large, but the visuals and the writing and the amount of talented writers and photographers we were able to pull in for this, overall just a a more well-rounded product, especially given that our designer has more experience with the magazine format I have more experience editing for this kind of format, and my co-editor Deborah as well. We kind of know what works more now that we've gone through the breakdown process of the first magazine. So just a lot of experience and kind of a better eye for what makes a good magazine went into this one. Absolutely. So with this edition, how do you think the theme of the magazine ties in with the stories? So this magazine is coming out at WKU's homecoming. It would be kind of easy to just do, oh, it's a homecoming issue, so let's just talk to alumni. Let's talk about classic football games that happened on homecoming. Let's talk about their traditions. And, you know, there's. it felt like that vein had kind of been mined before, and I I don't think myself or or a lot of our staff were really hyped to kind of retread that ground. So instead, um, Michael Crimmins, our administration reporter, came into my office one day and kind of dropped an idea on me and said, why don't, instead of you do a homecoming issue, you focus on the home part and what makes this place a home for so many people. So that really opened the doors to taking a more creative spin. So if we go story by story here, we have a story about a local liquor store owner who's kind of become a a beloved figure in the community. Um, He's starting to rebuild his store after it was demolished by the tornadoes that hit Bowling Green last December. He's kind of coming back home. His home is his store, and it's it's being rebuilt, so you have that element there. We also have a story of our current SGA president who found his new home here at Western. He transferred here from Volunteer State Community College, and he was welcomed here with open arms and is now our president. So a little bit about how he has made this place his new home. We also have uh, a story of a sociology professor here, a white professor, Um, Back in the 60s, he was approached by a student by the name of Howard Bailey because there were, in order to get a fraternity chartered on campus, you had to have somebody sign off as a sponsor. And Howard Bailey was a a part of a club hoping to get more black fraternities established on campus, and they needed somebody to sign off to be their faculty sponsor. And Craig Taylor, the sociology professor, jumped at the chance and signed on. So just this past spring, at the age of 81, he officially pledged Kappa Alpha Psi, which was the fraternity he originally agreed to sponsor back in the 60s. So he finally, after 53 years, has pledged to come back to his home in a way. 
We also have a story about a Ukrainian student who cannot go home. That's home in one of the more visceral senses. She lives in Odessa, Ukraine, uh, and obviously has been uh, prevented from returning home due to the war. And then we have a story of two WKU alums, one from Bowling Green, one from Ghana, and it chronicles their over a decade-long quest to find citizenship for, for the husband. He just gained his citizenship this year and is now registered to vote. So it's a very heartfelt story about really becoming part of your home. So I think that's been on the theme. Uh, it was much needed. It, it, it brought a lot of freshness, and it gave us a lot of more creative juice to work with. So I, I really hope people are excited that it's not just... Uh, not that there's nothing wrong with the you know the regular take on homecoming, but uh, I think trying something new and uh, coming at it from a different way really paid off. Speaking of which, Deborah will be speaking with B. Turner about the previously mentioned story of a Ukrainian student here at WKU. Deborah, take it away. So for our first big story for our second news magazine of the semester, we have news reporter B. Turner here to talk about the story she did about a study abroad student from Ukraine who is currently staying in the United States. So B, can you tell me a little bit about what you learned about Maria for this story? Well, when me and Maria met up, we ended up having much more of like a conversation than an interview, which was really nice. Um, she's very easy to talk to and very interesting to hear her perspective. And I learned a lot about the experiences of people who are still in Ukraine, but also how that shapes and how being a Ukrainian shapes her experiences in the United States. How is she adjusting to staying in the United States? It seems like she's adjusting well. During the summer, she worked at the Bowling Green Daily News and has been staying on campus. She also got to travel during her summer, so she definitely misses her family in Ukraine, obviously, and has some fears about what's going on there. But in terms of like adjusting, she's doing seemingly really well. That's wonderful. Does she have any timeline on when she can expect to go back or return home? There is no timeline right now. Um, it all depends on how close the fighting gets to Odessa and what happens in Kiev. So is there anything else you'd like to add about Maria as a whole, just as a person, what you've learned about her, or anything about what's going on in Ukraine that you learned in your story? She's really great to speak to and really easy to speak to, and I think her resilience really shines through when you speak to her. In, in general, just... I love getting to hang out with her and getting to hear from her and her friends. When I interviewed her friend from Ukraine, her friend was like very personable as well, even though it was her 7 a.m. And that interview, she, um, Maria translated for you. Kind of. Her friend spoke some English, but there were times where she was saying things that there is no perfect translation in English. And so she was trying to think of it and she would say it in Ukrainian and then Maria would do her best to translate it into English. There's also a moment where we were talking and it was just such a poignant moment of her friend was trying to remember the word for anti-aircraft missiles in English. And she's like, it was just such a moment of like, she's laughing while she's trying to think of the word anti-aircraft missiles. And I'm just like writing it down and being like, oh no. <laughs> like she talked a lot about how the fear had become less extreme and become a little more not normalized, but a lot more like, oh, now that she recognizes that that's what an anti-aircraft missile is, she's a lot less scared of it. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully our listeners look forward to reading your story in the upcoming issue. Thank you.
On to our final story for this special podcast edition, I'll be talking to our photo editor here at the College Heights Herald, Tucker Covey. Tucker was the photographer for the story, Family 5,730 Miles in the Making. So in the story, Frank talks about how he's been waiting 11 years to gain his citizenship for the United States. In this naturalization ceremony, you have all these people who have been waiting. Kind of like, walk me through, like, what did this moment mean to them? These people are not as excited as one might think, necessarily. They're more relieved that the moment has finally come. It's kind of odd because you see this ceremony depicted in a lot of other media as being this big movie moment, but for a lot of them, they were just ready to get done with it so they could go home and eat lunch. So what was the overall mood of the room during this naturalization ceremony? You were there the whole time photographing and following closely to Frank during this process. For him personally, kind of like, walk me through, what was his mood throughout the day? He seemed very nervous. Um, I think we pretty much all would be in this situation. It's a room full of people you don't know. You're hearing 10, 15 different languages probably. There's kids running around the whole time. Um, so the overall mood of the room was fairly, you know, it was upbeat. It was happy. Obviously, this is a big day, regardless of if they're just kind of ready to be done with the process. But for Frank, he seemed to be, um, I don't know, a little bit nervous. But he was definitely happy to be there. And it's a big deal. So, Tucker, you're also the photo editor. When we're working on a print issue, what's the process you have to go through to find the right story, to find the right photos for every story? You typically want a variety of images that show a variety of views, especially like, for instance, this is an event. So I need images that aren't just medium to tight shots of him sitting in a chair. I need him getting his green card, uh, Frank registering to vote, um, some kind of overall image I can use as a title, like the one we place the title on. It's more about finding a consistent language in the story itself that can also assist the writer in giving a visual aid to some things they may talk about. But also it turns into something more when you can find images that are visually interesting that can capture the reader and keep them on a page longer, uh, which is the point of almost all photos across almost all publications. So for the cover photo of this issue, we tried a couple different ideas and a couple different things. So with the photo that we did end up choosing, kind of explain to me, what did that mean to use that photo and have our title to this piece being a place to call home? We wanted our subject to obviously look comfortable. And on top of that, we were trying to tie in a few different concepts that we wanted our readers to be able to immediately understand. So we wanted to place her in and amongst things that were immediately indicative of Western, but also things that were immediately indicative of Ukraine, where she's from. So obviously going through quite a lot as anyone would be in that situation. So having her look like she is, and from what I know that she has told me, she is very comfortable here at Western 
Uh, it has been a very welcoming and uplifting place for her to be. So I wanted that to somehow come through in the photo as well. So it, it took a few tries, but once we finally got this photo that we've used for the cover, uh, we all felt very comfortable running that as the front page. All right, well, thank you for talking with me today, Tucker. Thanks for having me. Once again, a special thanks to Jake Moore, B. Turner, and Tucker Covey for talking with us today. Thank you all for tuning in for the special edition of Top of the Week. I'm Deborah Murray. And I'm Grace Stevens. This video was audio engineered and produced by Grace Stevens. Our original music is by Jacob Latimer. Our guests today were Jake Moore, Tucker Covey, and B. Turner. And our co-hosts are Deborah Murray and Grace Stevens.